0: You ready? 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 One job!
1: I am Steve, as always, your host. Uh, I am expecting that Lou will be, uh, will be calling in at some point tonight to, uh, to talk some sports alongside me. Uh, a little bit of an apology for last week's show. Uh, we ended up having some sort of technical difficulties with Blog Talk Radio, and we ended up having to end the show early because of that. Uh, due to that, the Archive has been deleted for that show because well, we weren't even able to put in a full hour in order to uh in order to put it onto the archives but uh tonight will go on as planned uh we do have a lot to cover We have of course, the impact of the Ukraine and Russia. War and what impact that's having on the world of sports. Uh, Apparently, there's also something big going on tonight at Madison Square Garden. Uh, The WWE is doing a house show down there, and there's a huge rumor floating around that something big is going to happen at tonight's show. So uh, when that, if that ever comes to fruition, uh, I will of course, be sure to update everybody on that. Uh, Speaking of WWE, we will also talk about the impact or not not the impact, but the usage of celebrities on WWE shows because we have seen a increase in celebrity involvement in recent shows. So uh, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Depends on what uh, I guess it depends on what side you on what side you're on, when it comes to a wrestling fan. Uh, we have of course the MLB lockout to talk about, and well, let's just say that it's not good news at all for Major League Baseball um, and for fans of Major League Baseball. We also will discuss the NFL offseason and some things to keep an eye on moving forward here. uh, With in in return, uh, you know, in regards to franchise tags, among other things. So, a reminder, by the way, uh, this upcoming Thursday night, we will we will have the first edition of the Survivor 42 recap show hosted by Jim Early, where he will break down everything that goes on during the Survivor premiere this upcoming Wednesday night, but of course the podcast is the very next night on Thursday, and if you guys haven't listened to it yet, uh, go into the archives and look up the Survivor 42 cast assessment, Uh we spent a lot of time diving into this season's cast and talking about not not just this season's cast, but also a whole bunch of other shows uh, that are coming soon to CBS and reality TV in general. Uh, but you know what? Let's get started with Sports Whispers Weekly tonight. Uh, the first thing on the agenda, we have, of course, uh, one thing I did I did want to bring up is Misha Tate, UFC uh former UFC bantamweight champion uh women's bantamweight champion Misha Tate is the newest winner of Celebrity Big Brother as she appeared on the 3rd season of Celebrity Big Brother where she ended up going to the final 2 with Todrick Hall and officially well, let's just say it wasn't even close. Uh, it was a, I believe, a seven to one vote for Misha to be declared. Yeah, seven to one vote for Misha to be declared the winner over Todrick. And you know, I got I got to hand it to Misha Tate. I mean, I thought that what she did was what Chuck Liddell would have been able to do if he if only he had hand uh, hand eye coordination. And some sort of strategic and social game inside that house. But Misha was just a flat-out beast in the Big Brother house this season, winning four HOH competitions and two vetoes. Uh, You know, we discussed this on the Celebrity Big Brother recap show uh, as far as to – how could Misha Tate have potentially fared in a house against regular against regular people inside a normal big big brother season? Uh but obviously, you know, with her being an athlete, that obviously put her in front when it came to competitions and everything. So it's you know, it's it's not really a surprise that uh the that she ultimately ended up dominating in terms of competitions. So it, yeah, it, uh, needless to say, she she did ultimately end up winning the $250,000, uh, prize, which basically is the equivalent of her winning a UFC championship or when, you know, winning a, uh, a championship fight in the UFC, uh, As far as I know, before, you know, you go into pay-per-view, pay-per-view buys and whatnot. Um, So it was a dominant win for her. And now uh, during the season, for anybody who who did not know, uh, she was actually talking about drop. She was in training to drop a weight class. So she will be headed to the women's flyweight division, I think it is, uh, for her next UFC fight. So that is definitely something to uh definitely something of note uh when it comes to Misha Tate. Uh some updates here for WWE's Madison Square Garden house show uh that has taken place tonight. So far, it's basically just been a regular house show. There hasn't really been anything big that has happened yet. Uh, even though they are in the world's most famous arena, or the USA's most famous arena, at least. Uh, Alpha Academy, they retained their Raw tag team titles against RK Bro. Uh, Finn Balor, he retained his United States championship against Damian Priest. And the Usos, they retained their SmackDown tag team titles against The New Day. Becky Lynch, she retained her... Raw Women's Championship against Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley and just now Roman Reigns retained his Universal Championship against Seth Rollins so I believe coming up next is the WWE Championship that's supposed to be Brock Lesnar against a person yet to be determined Uh, who knows I guess maybe perhaps that might be the uh, That might be the surprise. Uh, we don't know. There's been a rumor that maybe perhaps... You know, there's a whole bunch of names that have uh, been put out there. There's been The Undertaker making a mysterious comeback, somehow beating Brock Lesnar and forcing himself into a triple threat match at WrestleMania against Roman Reigns and... Uh, and Brock Lesnar, and he would technically be the first WWE Hall of Famer to actually compete in a match. Well, actually, no, I shouldn't say that because Ric Flair did the same thing. Uh, But he would be the first Hall of Famer with a title uh, competing in a match at WrestleMania uh, in in a championship match the same year that he got inducted. Of course, Ric Flair got inducted in the same year that he was retired by Shawn Michaels at Wrestlemania. But, yeah, it is... You know, they're they're basically advertising amongst the dirt sheets that WWE is being very secretive with what's going to go down tonight. And who knows uh, there, there's also been a rumor out there that perhaps Cody Rhodes may make a, uh, may make his WWE return though. I would think that he, that they would save a return like his for television instead of, you know, inst- instead of a house show. It just, uh, it doesn't make any sense for them to basically put, put him on a house show um, when he could get the most exposure on t- returning on television, especially considering the fact that Cody Rhodes uh, had left WWE, gone on to AEW, and effectively start a war against the WWE. So uh, there's definitely a lot of. Uh, a lot of stuff to keep an eye on moving forward here, especially with WrestleMania just around the corner. Uh, WrestleMania this year, of course, is two hour, two nights, uh, Saturday night and Sunday night, be, uh, between uh, April 2nd and April 3rd. Uh, another rumor that's been floated around out there is that Stone Cold Steve Austin may make an appearance tonight, and that would set up some sort of program with uh, Kevin Owens, I guess. Uh, That's been one of the rumors, is that Kevin Owens would be the opponent for Brock Lesnar, and Owens would get screwed uh, by getting a stunner from Stone Cold Steve Austin, and that would set up basically Austin's official last match uh, in wrestling. I would hope so, considering he's... (sighs) What mid mid to late fifties, I think, right now. So um, even though he hasn't wrestled in years, almost two decades, practically. But obviously, you know, this is all leading up to WrestleMania. Uh, so far, there has been a total of nine matches that have been confirmed for WrestleMania uh, so far. On night one, we have Charlotte Flair against Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's title. You have Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's title. You have Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio taking on the team of The Miz and Logan Paul. And you also have Drew McIntyre taking on Happy Corbin, or fans know him also as Baron Corbin, uh, with Madcap Moss at uh at his side uh at ringside that's on night one on night two so far confirmed we have Brock Lesnar against Roman reigns in a winner takes all match to unify both the w w e and the universal championships uh that if it stays the way it's advertised right now they're teasing that it's going that it's going to be you know the essentially the end of the brand split but then what i've also heard as well is the fact that okay it's it's going to be the end of the brand split but we're still going to have two titles like yeah the WWE and Universal Championships will be will be combined together but then we're just going to introduce another championship in order to make sure there are still two world champions uh, on the uh, on WWE programming Uh, we also have Queen Zelina and Carmella defending their women's tag team championships against Sasha Banks and Naomi Uh, that should be a pretty good match maybe perhaps we may see new women's tag team champions with that one although I would kind of think that Sa- that they would want Sasha to be on the main women's wrestling circuit, but you know, I guess maybe I guess, maybe WWE has other plans. Uh, we also have Johnny Knoxville from the Jackass crew uh, taking on Sammy Zayn in a singles match after he officially cost. Sami Zayn the Intercontinental Championship last night to Ricochet. Uh, We also have these next two matches, which they haven't confirmed yet whether they will be on night one or night two, but we have Edge versus AJ Styles, and we also have Pat McAfee, yes, the former Indianapolis Colts punter, now turned WWE broadcaster, and he has wrestled a match or two uh, down in NXT uh, he will take on Austin Theory, who is being dubbed as Mr. McMahon's protege, so to speak. So, I, I guess it's not a bad card, uh, the first the for 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 a two night uh, a two night show. But uh, one thing that kind of rubs me the wrong way is the fact that they're relying on celebrities to come in and and wrestle to sort of fill up a match card. Now, Bad, you know, Bad Bunny when they used Bad Bunny last year, I had no problem with that cuz he actually proved to be a pretty good wrestler. I mean, he he earned a lot of the respect uh of the boys in the back. You know, it's it, overall it was it was a pretty good showing for him with Damian Priest against The Miz and John Morrison last year. However, here we have boxer, and I use that ter- I use that term loosely, boxer Logan Paul. Teaming up with the Miz against Ray and Dominic Mysterio. Now Dominic, granted, isn't the same uh, type of. He isn't on the same level as his as his father Ray, but Dom, you know, he is accomplished. He's got, uh, you know, a SmackDown tag team title uh, SmackDown tag team title reign, so. Uh, and I have officially added on Lou. Uh, Lou, welcome to, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you, Steve. Nice to be back. All right. Uh,
1: and, you know, as, as I mentioned last week, uh, or as I mentioned at the top of the show tonight, uh, we apologize for what happened last week. Uh, technical difficulties with Blog Talk right. Radio caused us to... Uh, have to cancel the rest of the show last week, but we are officially back this week. And Lou, there's a ton of stuff that we have to cover. Uh, I've just been talking. Uh, I've, I've just been talking about uh, WWE and WrestleMania, and one of the big pet peeves i have now is the fact that they're basically they're basically relying on the involvement of celebrities i know it's that to be, to you know to be included in in some of the shows that they do i mean last year last year they had bad bunny Last year they had Bad Bunny, but Bad Bunny was fine. You know, he actually earned the respect of of the people in the back, and he was actually a pretty good wrestler, despite being uh, you know, a, a, a Spanish singer. However, uh-huh. however, this year you have uh, a boxer, and I use that, like I said before, I use that term loosely, <laughs> yeah. a, bo- a boxer named Logan Paul. Uh Oh yeah. Teaming, up, teaming yeah. up in a tag team match with the Miz and let me just say his first appearance coming back onto WWE programming, he did the worst imitation of the Miz's finisher I have ever seen. Almost <laughs> practically breaking almost practically breaking Dominic Mysterio's neck in the process.
0: Ooh.
1: Uh then on top of it all, they now have Johnny Knoxville from the Jackass crew uh, oh, actually going to actually going to wrestle Sami Zayn uh, yeah. in a match as well. And you know, I I guess the big the 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 question here is, Lou, is it even you know what business do celebrities have being in a wrestling ring?
2: None. None. I mean, it's like the joke with Slurry Deathmatch. I mean, that was a joke itself too. I think they're trying to relive that. Be I mean, honest, you don't need to live up your. You don't need to go and do something to live up your fame. Okay, everybody knows who you are, and you know you're just making a fleet more out of yourself for doing it. I mean, knock so well, well, of do- course, he is the biggest well jackass of all. So
0: forget his name. Oh. Do- doesn't it? <laughs>
1: doesn't, doesn't it? Doesn't it seem like maybe it's more of a, it, it, it's it's more of, publicity. you know, desperation on WWE's part because of the fact like, that uh, they want to, you know, well, because, because they feel the need stunt. to involve celebrities?
2: Yeah. Well, I was going to just say maybe it's more of a, stunt, a publicity stunt by the WWE to do that.
1: It's possible. I mean, it it, uh, it, it definitely got headlines uh, last year when Bad Bunny wrestled uh, at WrestleMania. There was a whole bunch of headlines from all of the yeah. all of the big media networks. Uh, you know, TM, no, know, TMZ TMZ covered it. Uh, entertain, yeah. or, uh, Entertainment Weekly covered it. There's yeah. WWE had a whole bunch of eyes on on them with the uh, you know, with the involvement of Bad Bunny last year, which believe it or not, he was actually a pretty good wrestler. He was actually landing actual wrestling moves. Uh, it almost looked I'm sure. like he had been wrestling. It almost looked like he had been wrestling for years. You wouldn't even know that he was a celebrity.
2: No, I wouldn't have. I'm not nice to familiar on Bad Bunny though. I mean, all my friends are, but I'm not too familiar with him. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well he's he's basically uh if I recall, I think he's like a Latin I think he's like a Latin singer or something or no, he's a Puerto Rican uh, rapper.
2: Uh, oh right, yeah, now it is.
1: He's a Puerto Rican rapper and he has a huge <laughs> following and he made an appearance in the WWE last year, uh, where he wrestled in or he got involved in the Royal Rumble last year. He also had a match at WrestleMania. Right. Uh, he also wrestled in the Royal Rumble this year as well. And I mean, he—the difference between Bad Bunny and say Johnny Knoxville or Logan Paul is Bad Bunny actually. Bad Bunny actually looked like a legitimate. Cruiserweight wrestler, like he looked like he yeah. he could go out there and put on and put on a wrestling match. Now it's, you have yeah. Logan. You have you. Meanwhile, you have Logan Paul. Who, yeah, he, put on, uh, he took a uh, he took a stunner last year uh, from Stone Cold Steve Austin. So. Yeah. I mean, I I guess that's okay, you know. Okay, he took a stunner. That's literally the only thing that he did all, all, all WrestleMania last year, right? And now all of a sudden, even though he's a boxer, all of a sudden he's gonna wrestle an actual match this year.
2: Yeah, goodbye, Charlie.
1: To me, it's I, I just don't. really see why certain you know why certain uh celebrities should take part in a wrestling match i mean johnny knoxville i love you know johnny knoxville i love the guy but the dude has had so many concussions throughout his jackass career
0: yeah
1: and i mean he you know he's uncoordinated as it is. It just doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't strike me as the type of person that should be wrestling in a wrestling ring. Right. That, I mean, who know You know, he, he 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 came in. He also went into the Royal Rumble uh, this year. He didn't really do too much. You know, it's. I I know yeah. WWE's being real. WWE's being real protective. Of him because of his concussion history, but it, it just—I I get why WWE did it. You know, they're they're cross-promoting Jackass yeah. Forever as well at the same time, right? So sure. it, it makes sense for the WWE. You know, put as many eyes on the product as possible, but it just doesn't make sense whatsoever. Why? No, it doesn't why he's even out there.
2: But like I said, maybe it's desperation cuz the WWE, you know, is is uh, desperate for uh new ideas, new new viewers and whatnot. So, like I said, it's desperation by all making publicity uh, to, you know, get back up to what was before.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, it's you know It's what the deal. It's it,
2: it's,
1: it seems like it seems like they're really trying to trying to get as many, trying to recover as many viewers that they've lost, so they kind of figure yeah. that perhaps you know per, perhaps bring in somebody like bring in somebody like Johnny Nashville who has a movie coming out. Uh, somebody like Logan Paul, sure. who is, you know, he's a boxer now. So it's, I don't know. It, it just does not make sense whatsoever for unless you're a celebrity like, like, uh, like Bad Bunny or like Stephen. Um, I know, I know Stephen Amel who uh, oh. was the Arrow. He was he was the the uh, the CW version of the Arrow on
2: uh, ah, on the CW like that. network.
1: Yeah, but he he's actually a pretty good wrestler. Like he trained with Cody Rhodes and everything. Um, you know, there's certain celebrities who can pull it off, and there's certain celebrities yeah. who you feel like there's no way they should be anywhere near a wrestling ring. And with how stiff right. Logan Paul looked with how stiff Logan Paul looked uh the last time he was on WWE programming which was a couple weeks ago it, I'm sorry no i i just no. don't i don't want any anything to do i don't want him to have anything to do with WrestleMania so i'm
2: just not just not an arrow fan you know No, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just
1: using you know I'm using yeah. Arrow as an as an example,
0: you know well, because because I, mean, I,
1: mean,
2: yeah, I always just thought of that as like a four-man version of Robin Hood, so you know I just you know kind of just like a ripoff.
1: Yeah, but in you know in in
0: uh,
1: off of off of the screen though, Stephen Amell, you know he actually did all the stunts for that show. He actually did all oh, the right. stunts. So, uh. You know, he was brought in to do some. He he was brought in to do like one or two matches by the WWE before, and he actually did pretty well. that's so, what you need.
2: Yeah, you know, it's
1: it, 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 those type of celebrities I don't mind. Those type of celebrities who actually put in the work and look like you know th- they look like they can actually legitimately do something in a ring.
2: Yeah, I mean, just think of the experts, that's all. I mean, you don't need to don't a phony who has no experience, doesn't know what he's doing. You might as well go with someone who knows you inside out and knows what they're doing. I mean, that will make a problem better. If you're going to hire just anybody, you're just going to make a problem bad.
1: Yeah, I mean, the original rumor was uh, – the ori- the original rumor – was that Johnny Knoxville would face Sami Zayn for the Intercontinental Championship, and that would have been just a complete joke because what that would have been was it would have ba- it would have basically resulted in in okay there would be a joke ending where Knoxville would win the Intercontinental Championship
0: and yeah.
1: Basically a celebrity A celebrity would hold a meaningful Championship in the WWE I think so It's you know It just leaves a sour taste in the Mouth of wrestling fans Oh sure Um, But Let's go away from wrestling right now Uh, Obviously one of the You know one of the things I wanted to talk about Last week before uh, We had uh, the problems with blog talk was the current the, the the war that that was going on between Russia and Ukraine that is still going on, and yes. how it has impacted how it's impacted the world of sports and I mean it's I'm impacted sure. it in a huge in a huge way so far. Uh, yes. In particular, in particular, um, the UEFA, which is one of the uh, one of the European sports leagues, Uh, they have officially moved the Champions League final from St. Petersburg, Russia, to Paris. Yeah. Amidst the, uh, amidst the invasion of Ukraine. Also uh, you have FIFA who has been the huge, you know, the huge soccer uh, organization that covers all different all different leagues, you know, not just UEFA, but also Major League Soccer. Uh, all of the, all, you know, all of the big soccer organizations fall under FIFA, and FIFA has now banned not just Russian players, but all or Russian uh, teams, but also uh, Belarusian teams as well. Yeah, for her. Uh, the same thing goes with FIBA, which is the basketball version of FIBA. Yeah. Uh, yeah, FIBA, I mean, FIBA has really also got done the same thing. Well, what was that?
2: I mean, I, you really had to feel because, you know, no one likes to see a war like this. And, you know, you really got so sorry for what's going on in Ukraine. You know, I feel sorry, not just for the, office, but for the people as well. Oh, yeah, no, know, without, and without and a doubt. devastation.
1: Yeah, without a doubt, you know, there's, I mean, it's it's just senseless, the fact that what is going on right now is actually happening. Uh, you know, it's very senseless, mindless violence uh, from a power-hungry dictator who, he's acting so erratic now that everybody's thinking that maybe there's something seriously wrong with him, you know, apart from... Wanting to wage war like this, you know, maybe there's, maybe there's some sort of health problem or something with him that is forcing him to go to these lengths. Like he wants to be known as Putin wants to be known as the guy who reunited the the uh, the Soviet Union, the USSR, which of course disbanded in the early '90s.
2: I remember very well.
1: So, you know,
2: you've seen
1: multiple countries around the world uh, uniting with Ukraine in this whole, uh, you know, in in this whole ordeal. And there's been multiple uh, sports organizations that have condemned the actions of Russia and also the actions of Belarus as well in aiding Russia uh, and, you know, we just named, uh, a couple of them, the UEFA, the, uh, FIFA and FIBA. Uh, as a matter of fact, yeah. one of the, one of the Russian oligarchs, uh, one of the Russian oligarchs, Roman, uh, Abramovich, who is the owner of the Chelsea, uh, soccer club or Chelsea football club for,
0: yeah.
1: for, for, uh. For, for for fans who aren't aware, that is uh, in, in, Europe, in Europe they call they call soccer football. Football. So, uh, so uh, you know he's the majority owner of Chelsea, and he has now officially sold the club because of sanctions that are being levied against Russia and Russian oligarchs. Him being one of them, he has now sold the uh, Chelsea. To a charitable foundation uh that would be basically all the proceeds are being donated to the to the people of ukraine which i mean i kind of uh i kind of second guess you know the uh, the not legitimacy but the uh the genuine, you know, how genuine this really is.
2: Isn't he also part owner of the Dodgers?
0: Uh, Abramovich.
2: Um, well, I heard it was some. I heard it was someone as a part owner of the Dodgers and owner of of, of Chelsea. I let me all.
1: see. He's. Yeah, wait a minute. Let me see. I know he's the owner of. I know he's the owner of Chelsea. He also has, he's also a part owner or not part owner. He's a, uh, he was a sponsor of CSKA Moscow. Uh, He also had a big role with the Russia national football team as well as the National Academy of Football.
0: Uh, Let me
1: see. I, don't think he's no. Huh. I don't think he's with the Dodgers. Okay. I think that's another. Uh, I think that's another one. Another person.
2: Yeah, I heard. I heard it was someone. I, I thought. It, I thought it was the same person. Okay, I'm wrong.
1: But you know, regardless, it's we, we've seen so many impacts that have already taken place here, and actually, yeah. uh, a. A WNBA star is actually being detained in Russia right now. Yes,
2: yes, Brittany Griner.
1: Uh, yeah, Brittany Griner apparently has been there for the last three weeks, it says, supposedly. Uh, now, obviously, you know, uh, women's yeah. basketball players, they they actually get paid more to play in Russia. And I guess that's, some, that's what she was uh, doing well, during – all of Europe in general, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess, I guess that's that's what she was doing during the WNBA's uh, time off or something yes. like that. Uh, and apparently, it says here that they found hashish oil in her luggage, which basically that's vape cartridges. And cannabis. Right. Basically, she's been she's been detained, and rumor has it, it says here, according to TMZ, she could face ten years in prison uh, uh-huh. after after she was detained back in February. They didn't say exactly what date, but uh, the rumor is that she has been in she has been captive for around two to three weeks, and. Uh, since that you know since then, uh, the WNBA has released a statement pledging their support for her. Uh, her agent is aware of the situation with her in Russia and are in contact with her in Russia as well as her legal representation over there uh, and her teams that she was working with. and she's actually being investigated for drug trafficking right now over there. And honestly, I'm not I'm not entirely sure that she's actually being I'm not exa- exactly sure she's she's actually there, you know, being detained for that. I think it partially has something to do with the fact that Russia has basically closed their borders right now to all yeah. ingo- incoming and uh, to all incoming and outgoing uh, air traffic, and she's basically being held against her will i would think she is too so you know it just doesn't
0: it just no, doesn't make sense right. right. uh,
1: for her for her to be to have been detained all this time and now the mm-hmm. information comes out you know now yeah. it's, it's just that been revealed I, it's it, from from all indications, it sounds like she's actually being held as a prisoner of war over there.
2: I would think so. That's what it sounds more like. So it's you know it's
1: it,
2: it, it's just not
1: looking. It, it's the, this is just one of the many. The, uh, one of the many impacts that this war has had so far. Yeah, and you know, Lou, you kind, of, you just kind of have to wonder what the what the hell is going to happen is going to happen next with the, uh, you know, there's been so many sanctions that have been levied against uh, against Russia and Belarus. You know, there's been so many sports bans. Uh, in particular, um,
0: you know, gymnastics
1: and curling have been ba- – uh, Russia has officially been banned from international gymnastics and curling events. Uh, they've been banned from the Paralympics. Uh, there's, They've been banned from golf. All, All Russian and Belarusian golfers have been banned – uh, from from RNA, you know, there's it, basically if you name any sort of league that is uh, any sort of sports league around the world, yes, chances are there's been a ban of some sort against Russian and Belarusian athletes of that. Everywhere.
0: Sort.
1: And as a matter of fact, they have officially removed uh, Alexander Ovechkin from. And granted, this is you know no fault of his own. I mean, it, he can't he can't help that he was born Russian. But no, uh,
2: he
1: has been he has actually been uh, removed from one of his advertisements
2: from um, one of his sponsorship advertisements.
1: Yes. Not just that, uh, going back to the WWE, the the WWE, they have removed the WWE network from Russia. So nobody in Russia can can watch the WWE network. Uh, It's like, slowly but surely, Russia is basically isolating themselves while their economy completely collapses. And you know, it's it's kind of a shame, you know, the fact it that is. uh Russian the fact that Russian athletes have to uh have to pay suffer. for that they yeah, they have to suffer for their dictator of a leader that they have in their country. I mean I'm surprised I'm surprised that so far Alexander Ovechkin hasn't been told, I'm sorry, you have to you have to leave the United States and you have to go play over in Russia.
0: Oh.
1: I'm surprised that Russian athletes that choose to play in the United States haven't been uh sent back to Russia yet, which I mean honestly I think that's a good thing. I think that they should be allowed to Just stay where spot. they are Just right now. It would be a huge surprise. And if anything, that could have lasting effects as well uh, because, yes. you know, you could have teams like the, like the Washington Capitals, you know, Alexander Ovechkin's their biggest star. And if you lose your biggest star over something like this, you know, you could potentially see uh, maybe potential lawsuits mm-hmm against certain, uh, against certain sports leagues. Yeah. But, you know, honestly, from all the reports that are coming out about, you know, now they're talking about, uh, nuclear, uh, nuclear attacks right now, uh, attacks on nuclear power plants in Russia or not in Russia, in Ukraine, you know, it, it just doesn't look good uh, whatsoever. So, so at this point, at this point, uh it looks like everything is basically going to be in like a holding pattern essentially. Well, now, we do have another uh Another news story here, and it involves uh it involves kane velasquez former uFC heavyweight champion uh kane velasquez is officially being held on murder charges ah. as or not murder charges but attempted murder uh attempted murder charges after he allegedly shot a man who had supposedly molested a member of his family from what's been, uh, from what's been said, according to what's, yeah, uh, that um, a man had molested a member of Cain Velasquez's, he had molested a member of Cain Velasquez's family and Cain Velasquez basically went after him in retaliation. Um, Says here that he was involved in a shooting in San Jose at around 3 p.m. near a local high school on Monday, and one part of the uh, the suspect was shot while Kane ended up getting uh, getting arrested. Um. So far, you know, there's been a whole bunch of people that have come to Kane Velasquez's defense. I mean, honestly, if you if you were Kane Velasquez, you'd probably have done the same thing. Absolutely,
2: you know. So for my family. I'll if, go after him. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, regardless, though, he has officially been charged uh, with attempted murder, and you know, so far, pretty much, he has essentially all of America on his side at this point. Um, Good. Now now the uh, the man he did shoot and it was a juve it, by the way the, uh, the molesting was of a juvenile relative of Velasquez oh, so it was bro. a young kid
2: Or worse
1: yeah so it was a it was a young kid in Velasquez's family that this was happening to bro. um and basically Velasquez uh, chased chased the man down, and basically he opened fire on the vehicle with a handgun, which ended up hitting the guy. Uh, the mother of one of the people inside that car called nine one one, and basically they're trying to say that what he did was put the uh, put the public in danger with his actions by, by firing the gun at the guy. Um, and, you know, the, right now it's basically, they're saying there's no defense for what Cain Velasquez did for vigilante justice, as they call it. But, uh his arraignment has officially been postponed until monday after it was originally scheduled for this past wednesday uh he is still being held in santa clara county main jail and he's been held without bail um says here that the man that he was going after uh was charged previously with child molestation and it was over his actions at a child care facility run by his wife where he lived but didn't work. The facility cares for 20 children, and uh, the guy is charged with inappropriately touching a child there multiple times. The victim, as I said earlier, was believed believed to be a relative of Velasquez. I um, now the guy was, was was released without bail as part of the supervised own recognizance program, which was against the district attorney's office's request. And I guess that this is I guess this is part of the reason why Velasquez went after the guy, is because the guy the guy had a he had an ankle bracelet on, so he was being monitored. And everything, and I guess it's the fact that Velasquez thought it was so unacceptable that this guy was just being let free back out into the uh back into the yeah. free world, albeit you know wearing a wearing an ankle bracelet, but the fact that he's he's being allowed to walk free uh because of a zero bail law out there in California. While he could potentially do this to another kid. Now, the attempted murder charge isn't the only charge that Velasquez is facing. Uh, He's also facing one count at shooting at an occupied vehicle, uh, three counts of assault with a firearm, three three counts of assault with a deadly weapon, Uh, He's also uh, facing account of willfully discharging a firearm from a vehicle and carrying a loaded firearm with the intent to commit a felony. So, needless to say, right now, it looks like Velasquez is probably going away for a long time. Uh, Yeah. You know, at, at this point, it's not... You know, it's not like he was wrestling or it's not like he was fighting because he's been retired for two to three years already,
0: but
1: it's just just the fact that this even happened to begin with. That... The guy's basically going to be, let, or the guy's not going to be let off, you know. The guy uh, ultimately is, going to, is being booked on those molestation charges. So he is going to go away anyways. But it's more of the fact that Velasquez had an impulse to basically act out the way that he did and tried to take justice into his own hands because he let anger basically get the best of him.
2: Well, that's what happens, you know. You let and get to you, and you do these, you know, these acts. And you get in trouble for it. I understand the reason why you did, but still, it doesn't make it right.
1: Yeah, no, it doesn't. It doesn't make it right whatsoever. No. But still, you know, it's 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 just a shame. You know, this uh, this guy is a uh, a a UFC uh, soon to be a UFC Hall yeah. of Famer uh oh you know he he's a former u f c heavyweight champion on multiple occasions it's it's all it's really just a shame that this ended up happening uh the way that it did yes yeah. now probably our biggest talking point of the week is man, and I still. You know, I still can't believe that this is really—it's really come down to this at this point. Uh, yeah. Major League Baseball. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Has there uh, it, there was a delay that was announced to the 2022 regular season for the first time since 19 what was it 94? 94 when was
2: the last? Yeah. Uh, the
1: first 94. time since the 1994 season
2: there
1: will be there will be a cancellation of baseball games not having to do with covid-19 and the thing that really irks me is the fact that Rob Manfred has had the gall he had the gall to say to say all this with a smile on his face. And matter of fact, he was laughing. Now
2: there's now there's a dictator. The now there's a
1: dictator. he was laughing at his press conference that he was giving, yeah. basically. Treating it like a fucking joke. Essentially. That's what
0: Mapon is?
2: fact, Gary Bell was it level of
1: <laughs> Now, it, it says it says here that uh Major League Baseball they made a they made a best and final offer uh on Tuesday afternoon, which by the way, yeah. apparently that uh according to Rob Manfred, those terms were never officially said, even though Tony Clark flat out came out and said they literally said best and final offer multiple right. times. Uh, they remain from, as far as I'm aware, they, they remain far apart on multiple economic issues, including the, yeah. the collective, bar, or the, uh, the collective uh, balance or the competitive balance tax threshold. <laughs> yeah. uh,
2: but I also heard they're going to meet again tomorrow.
1: They are, yes. Uh, they are expected yeah. to meet again tomorrow. So far, any meetings that they've had since Tuesday, which I believe the last time the, – they met Thursday, and they met – I think they met Thursday, yeah. yesterday, and today, I believe. And yeah. so far, there has literally been no progress made whatsoever.
2: Um, uh, how do you not make progress after talking 16 hours one day, and you resolve nothing? What were you doing all that time there?
1: Well, here's the thing. It seemed like there was progress it seemed like there was legitimate progress that was made and you know throughout that throughout that sixteen hours, you know uh they had come to an agreement on certain portions of the of the new agreement and basically, what happened was the very next day. Major League Baseball basically walked back all of those agreements. They had it. They you could have took walked, it, but you blew it but They God. basically walked back they basically walked back all those agreements and said we never we never agreed to that. Even God. though they had. And Basically, uh, you know, what what seemed like completely textbook, uh, a textbook reaction from both sides. The owners blamed it on the players. The players blamed it on the owners, you know, back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, it's, you know, typical what you would expect when it comes to, you know, when it comes to blaming both sides uh but you know they remain far apart on the competitive balance tax thresholds uh MLB minimum salary as well as the pre-arbitration bonus pool
0: uh
1: also uh a big sticking point was whether it would be 12 or 14 teams in the playoffs right um opening day of course had been scheduled for March 31st That, of course, is not going to happen now. Forget it now. Uh, And according according to Tony Clark, uh, the union was willing to resume negotiations as soon as possible. Um, The owners also said that the players will not be paid for the canceled games, and the games will not be rescheduled either. Right. Which that of course is going to play a huge role, I believe, in negotiations moving forward.
0: It, it basically
1: just seems like it basically just seems like the owners want to pay as little as possible this season. Yes. And Buster only of ESPN, uh, he also reported that uh, the players' union has approached MLB with an offer to reopen talks about a 14-team postseason. Um, they had already agreed to go from 10 to 12. So, you know, going to 14, uh, you know, Major League Baseball basically has been holding them hostage when it comes to that. And it sounds like they may be willing to reconsider that if Major League Baseball comes in their direction in other areas, including the competitive balance tax, Which by the way I wouldn't expect them to really make any progress on that because literally Major League Baseball only Major League Baseball claimed that they made a significant offer which was only about a two million dollar increase in the competitive balance tax. I mean come on. You guys can fucking do better than that. A two million dollar increase that's nothing. Jump change, okay, we call it. So, to me, Lou, it just w- with all of these all these uh, reports that have been that have been put out there, it basically tells me that Major League Baseball n- has never been serious during this whole negotiating process, and. No. They basically they basically want the players to take the worst deal possible. Which I mean it makes sense. You know, if you're an owner you wanna obviously of course uh, you know, have the have the least amount of effort possible uh to sort of you know, j- just to to make sure that your wallet stays as profitable as it can as it can be. All right. Uh, though it does sound like the renewed discussions about a 14-team postseason could potentially be a breakthrough uh, in negotiations. From what it sounds like, that'd be wonderful. Uh, now, it says here that four owners were not in favor of MLB increasing the luxury tax increase to $220 million. Uh, the four owners were Bob Castellini of the Cincinnati
0: Reds,
1: Chris, uh, Chris Illich of the Tigers, Ken Kendrick of the Diamondbacks, and Art Marino of the Angels. Uh, the owners proposed including player meal money in in calculation of the luxury tax, and that reportedly irked the players. Supposedly, the players saw the owners' yeah. rebuttal as basically a slap in the face of all of the negotiations that they had just gone through the previous day, and basically from. The general
0: indication—it
1: sort of sounds like that the earliest baseball could ever really even take off is maybe June,
0: and at that point,
1: people don't even give a shit anymore about baseball because no, no. at that point, you know, you got the Stanley Cup playoffs, you got the NBA playoffs that are going on. You know, people are going to be paying more attention to that. You really. I mean, in what right mind were MLB owners thinking? Oh, this is going to. Th- there's no way we're gonna. There's no way we're gonna lose fans over this. You Want a bet, buddy? I mean, think about this, Lou. What what type of damage is this doing right now to the league? With them. Oh. And- with them having to lo- having to lose regular season games now, this is gonna do more
0: damage than what
2: people think. I mean, maybe not now, but if it goes into like, the of season in like May and June, it's gonna do significant damage to the league. You know, look how it's bad how it's been bad so far in the last yeah, few years. It's only gonna get worse. You know, Lou. I, when I, I, I play remember ball, when
0: we had. Oh
1: yeah i remem- I remember Lou when we had discussions on a previous show and you lot. said that you said that you don't think that we could miss an entire year of baseball, but i know do you, still, do you still
2: feel do you still feel that way even after seeing yes i do i do i mean look I don't think baseball can be as dumb as hockey. I mean, it's as Gary as because he's an idiot. I don't think Rob Manford is that dumb to let a whole season go by. I mean, look, they almost lost the entire season back in 2020 to COVID. That would stand up. You would, you would think that people would learn from that, and I have to go through this again. So I really don't see how it would happen, you know, twice to miss that time kind of season. Unless Manford is really going to play hardball, and he's a pretty idiot, and the legacy did wipe out. Because at this point, no one's even trying.
1: Although to be fa- to be fair in regards to in regards to uh, the initial uh, you know to to the last shortened season, obviously COVID you know they had to spend a whole a whole bunch of time getting clearance from the CDC of to even to even get games going. So that wasn't even right. you know it's it's different it's different when they're locked out because of that.
0: You know oh, they're course. locked out be because of
1: the fact they're locked out because of the fact that owners don't want to play ball here in negotiations. Well, that's being stupid on their part. Yeah. No. So, you know, as of right now, and the the thing, too, is MLB owners apparently indicated quite the willingness to miss a, mo- a full month of games. Like, they were almost yeah. lethal you could almost say they were gleeful in the, the way they presented it in such a threatening tone than they did during the negotiations last Sunday.
2: Yes. I mean, okay, let me, let, let me think back to 9-11. I mean, because the collective bargaining was supposed to end at that time in 2001, but that gave them more buying time. So, you know, I was hoping maybe they could learn from that you know, time you know, with all what's going on, but they decided not to go with that approach. I mean they should have found out what happened before when they were supposed to go on uh locker strike in two thousand the end of two thousand and one which carried over into August right. twenty twenty oh two. So I was trying to right. think of that. But apparently they decided not to do that. And you know, it's, what they could have just done
1: they could have still had an M L B off season while the negotiations were still taking place you know it's just that obviously they wouldn't be able to play baseball while negotiations were taking place but they could still right. do some, they could still go through with the MLB offseason and everything I mean you have you have so many players right now that are stuck in a holding pattern basically because of these negotiations you know, you have, like, Freddie Freeman, for example. Freddie Freeman, who is supposed right. to be the franchise player for the Atlanta Braves. You know, now you don't even know yeah. if Freeman's going to even return to Atlanta or if he's going to go elsewhere in free agency.
2: Yeah. You know, there was a, uh, there was a chance they could have used their stay with the old agreement, you know, to have him play that under that last year's agreement this season, but Manford just wouldn't allow it yeah
1: that, they could have easily done that they could have easily oh that I mean, stayed been. under they could have stayed under the old agreement at least until the new agreement gets uh, was reached right. But I guess it has something to do I guess it has something to do with you know the finances and the fact that okay sure. these contracts are being these contracts are already being signed so you know I, I don't know when the, I don't know when the luxury tax takes effect. Uh, for every, uh, you know, when the penalties officially get, uh, when the penalties officially get uh, put onto teams that go over the tax, uh, I was thinking that myself. So I mean, that that potentially plays a role in it. That potentially plays a role in whether or not, you know, the fact that these. Or whether whether or not they could actually go through with a uh with the m l b offseason while still playing on that type of con or while still playing without a without a uh, active collective bargaining agreement but yeah you that know, was, that just, was the case. just from the just from the developments it just doesn't sound good. I mean, uh Robert Murray of Fan Cited, he's reported that the union has already arranged a fully staffed stadium and facility for players to train uh in in Mesa, Arizona. Uh there's huh. also uh, interest there's also interest in setting up something for something similar down in Florida. Uh basically players would be able to train on their own or or uh you know, players being able to work out with each other as opposed to working yes. with their organizations. And also, you know, I think a huge uh a huge thing too was a huge a huge sign that something wasn't that that things weren't working was the players the players player. Derek Jeter. Yep a guy who's been known to be one of the guys uh, announced on Monday that he, that he was stepping down as the CEO of the Marlins and that he would relinquish his ownership stake. And he relinquished his ownership stake in the team as well. Now, the, the thought, uh, the belief behind that is apparently he was told that they are going a different direction, uh, which was different from the pitch that he was given when he first became part owner of the team. And basically, he he said that the vision for the future of the franchise is different than the one I signed up to lead. So with this being... Don't you think it's kind of interesting with this with this coming out during the negotiations?
2: I think it's just a coincidence. I mean, the thing is, he thought he was going to take you the moral into assess like he did with the Yankees, but that wasn't the case. So obviously, he's picked off of that and decided, you know, we're going in different directions and whatnot. So I, I'm not surprised at this at all. I mean, when you do I mean, with a ha- in the mess, you can't think about. It.
1: It sounds like he's unhappy about their budget and the ability to yeah. spend on more players, so now you know with he probably had to have known that you know the league isn't the league isn't willing to budge for the players uh, whatsoever, you know they're not willing to take the uh luxury tax to a higher level, so Derek Jeter probably said, Why the hell am I even you know, playing ball in here
0: this.
2: yeah,
1: so it's and you know here here's some of the other uh things as well that were supposedly discussed um, one of the things in particular, you know, the players were so furious with how negotiations went last Saturday that they were considering walking away from the table entirely. Uh, yes, I heard that basically they they apparently made a substantial offer uh, after the first bargaining session and the owners completely rejected it and weren't willing to budge an inch. Their response and uh, the the owner's response was basically to move just one million in year two of the collective bargaining tax
0: <laughs> while reiterating
1: the fact that that they wanted to shorten the window to unilaterally implement on-field changes to 45 days or notice instead of the current one-year timeframe. Right. And basically throughout this whole thing, it just seems like it just spells out that they aren't negotiating on, on good faith period.
2: Right. They're not.
1: Um, one of the other things was the players, they had moved the CBT proposal.
0: Or, no, they had
1: moved the CBT by $2 million in years two through four, which was the same amount that the league moved in the last proposal. Uh, the players then offered to move from 75 to 35% on Super 2s, as well as adjusting their revenue sharing asks as well. And both of those were apparently still non-starters for the league on a new deal. Right. Um, so, you know, basically it, it just seemed like whatever the players did, the league had the, the league probably this entire time had only one offer on the table and it was, yeah. you know, the best, The best and final offer, you could almost say, was basically their only offer this entire time. And that was pretty much nothing. Yeah, it was pretty much you guys play with the same exact – you guys play with the same exact collective bargaining agreement as the last one, but instead we have 14 teams instead of 12 in the playoffs.
2: Which I don't make a and, lot of sense, but i mean it doesn't
1: really it doesn't really make a lot of sense i mean it ma- it makes sense you know for for the owners because okay, the owners you know you get you get some sort of bonus if you end up making yeah, okay the playoffs because you get extra because you get extra revenue, you get extra revenue uh, from ticket sales and you know merchandise and advert or uh you know concessions and advertising and everything you do get uh on the owner's side you do get extra revenue being brought in for making the playoffs but right so i understand the owners wanting to go to 14 teams but you know it it just seems like uh Oh, one of the other things too was the fact that players wanted uh a shorter time frame for arbitration, so players wouldn't be stuck as long players wouldn't be stuck as long in arbitration before they would be able to ultimately reach free agency right. and apparently apparently, the owners had a huge problem with that. Uh, which is kind of understandable because it's, you know, it has to do with team control. You know, uh, players who are – who still have years of arbitration, that means that they're under team control for those years. So I can kind of see –
0: I can kind of see the
1: argument on both sides. You know, the players want to be paid, but at the same time the owners – Want to have as much control over the players' contracts as possible. So, you know that kind. It kind of makes sense. But, I mean, I think the thing that just pisses me off the most is the fact that Rob Manfred seemed so happy when announcing it. You know, like he was chuckling and everything. It's, it's it's almost it's almost like he was it's almost like he was waiting the entire day uh, in in glee to be able to make that announcement that they were canceling yeah. games.
0: I mean, it's
1: just to me. I think it's a huge black mark on on a sport. that it was black in the face. It, uh, let me let me just put it this way. Uh, it happened once with Bud Selig, but the main difference yep, with Selig is the main difference with Selig is he was he was willing to make adjustments. He was willing, you know, yeah. to That's partially partially why he got in, uh, why he got put into the Hall of Fame was because he was such a good negotiator. In when it came to ta- when it came to negotiations yeah. on, uh, on CBAs, but right, you know now it's like
0: yeah.
1: you could almost say that Rob Manfred is actually is actually maybe the worst commissioner in sports right now, and that's saying something considering yeah. he has considering he has Roger Goodell and Gary Bettman yeah. to go against. You know that's really well. I mean, has never
2: been through a lockout or a strike, so
1: no. But Manfred, you know, Manfred at the at the same time was. It's I guess it's it's just the smirk that he had on his face. Like, you kind of get the feeling that this is going to be a long process. This isn't going to be something that's going to be resolved quickly.
2: It's, no, it's not.
1: You know, the more that this goes on, the more it makes me think that maybe for, I mean, we already we already are missing the first week of the season, so uh, about about six games have already been canceled. As a matter of fact, the first game of the season is supposed to be Boston and New York now. Uh, let's hope so. And who knows if that will even stand. For all we know, there's probably going to be more cancellations
2: I
0: wouldn't that be are surprised. going to pop
1: up here. So it's it's definitely it's you know it's not a good look right now. Uh, no. For I wouldn't be surprised if you you sort of see. I mean, yeah, there's going to be fans that are going to be excited for baseball to be back, and they'll go to games anyways. But I wouldn't be surprised if I wouldn't be surprised if we sort of see some sort of protest from the fans. Maybe maybe perhaps oh, uh, attendance maybe perhaps attendance isn't anywhere close to where it normally would be this upcoming season.
2: Oh, you won't see it.
1: So I wouldn't be surprised at all if uh you know, there's not really as much of, you know, uh, as much of, uh, of fan bases at different ballparks this upcoming season, assuming we even have a season. Uh, you know, uh, in the midst of all this, there's been some other bits of news. Uh, The Red Sox, they released an infield prospect, Brett Netzer, uh, after Netzer made a series of racist, homophobic, and anti-Semitic posts
0: uh, directed
1: towards Time Bloom, the Red Sox CEO. Uh, He was a third-round pick by the Sox in 2017, and he spent all of last season on the restricted list, so not much of a loss for the Red Sox. Uh, Rangers prospect, uh, third baseman Josh Jung, underwent surgery to repair a torn labrum in his left shoulder. Uh, he was one of the more big lead-ready prospects uh, in the game. So that's a big loss for the uh, Rangers, and he had a chance to actually begin th- uh, this upcoming season on the opening day roster in Texas. So now that's not going to happen. Um after he posted a 326 batting average with 19 homers in 78 games between Double-A Frisco and Triple-A Round Rock in the Rangers organization last year. Uh Joe Kelly last Wednesday said during an interview uh on AM 570 LA Sports that he wants to re-sign with the L.A. Dodgers. Um, he's added that there is mutual interest in a potential reunion. Uh, he, uh, he posted a solid 3.59 ERA out of the bullpen last season. And he ultimately ended up suffering a biceps injury that took him out of the postseason this year. Uh, But he is expected to be ready for the start of spring training, if there is even a spring training this season. Yeah. (laughs) Now, we do have a lot of NFL news. As a matter of fact, uh, in my notes, there's a – let's just say the NFL uh, in my notes is probably the longest category that I have. For uh-huh. uh huh, for each of these sports leagues. By the way, this one just went final. The uh, Boston Bruins with a five to four victory in a shootout over the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, with uh-huh. David Past- with David Pasternak scoring in the shootout to to keep Jeremy Swayman's hot streak going uh, for the Boston Bruins. You know that's another. Uh, we have, of course, the trade deadline coming up in the NHL, and uh, Jake yeah. DeBrusk scored. Jake DeBrusk scored his sixth goal in three games uh, tonight, and he's one of the guys that is probably going to be looked at as a potential trade uh, opportunity. As a potential trade opportunity, so. Yeah, that's something that's something to uh to keep an eye on uh when it comes to the uh NHL trade deadline. And by the way, there's uh oh, that whole entire thing that I talked about earlier tonight uh before you came on. Me, I I talked about how uh WWE was holding this huge Madison Square Garden show. And supposedly something was supposed to happen tonight. Nothing ended up happening. So it's.
2: So we got both. Yeah. Basically,
1: nothing ended up. Nothing ended up happening. Uh, Brock Lesnar got the shit kicked out of him by Roman Reigns. So there's, you know, everybody was anticipating that there would be some, some huge return tonight or something. And nothing ended up happening, basically. So, uh, yeah, uh, they pretty much got fans' hopes up for nothing. Um, yeah. And actually, for people that want that, for people that want to know, uh, it was Austin Theory that faced Brock Lesnar for the title tonight, not Cody Rhodes, not. Anybody of uh, anybody worthy of even giving a shit about. Um,
0: all right,
1: but going to going over to the NFL. Uh, the according to Ian Rappaport, the Kansas City Chiefs are working on a long-term contract extension with Tyreek Hill. Uh, he is currently signed through the 2022 season. As he'll have a twenty point six nine million dollar cap hit this year, uh, the contract extension will reportedly be more normal, which will be free it will be free of caveats guarding the team against hill's much publicized off field issues, including allegations of domestic violence so basically this will be this will give Kansas City more of an opportunity that if if other things happen. That uh, that basically warrant a termination of Tyreek Hill's deal. Uh, it'll give Kansas City more of an option to exercise that if they need to. But with this with this upcoming extension, he will be considered to be among the highest paid receivers in the league. Uh, This report was actually just in from Greg Bedard uh, out of Boston. The Patriots have reportedly had talks with the Carolina Panthers in regards to a trade for former New York Jet Robbie Anderson. Uh, And it says here that if a deal can be reached, the Patriots are then expected to move on from wide receiver Nelson Aguilar. Who was signed to a two year deal last off season so that i mean that's kind of interesting anderson has uh he actually for the last two years has been one of carolina's more uh more dependable receivers so with Carolina seemingly in a rebuild mode and that're obviously obviously uh you know, the the deal with Nelson Aguilar didn't really start off so well this season for the Patriots, so they're no. probably looking to move on from him and save some money. And I mean, Robbie Anderson technically isn't really a number one wide receiver, but this would also give them more of an opportunity. <laughs> This would give them more of an opportunity to sort of see who could be a number one wide receiver between him, uh, Kendrick Bourne, uh, Jacoby Myers. You know, it's it provides a little more of a competition in that Patriots uh, offense.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, This report is in from Ian Rappaport, and Saquon Barkley is reportedly not expected to be traded this offseason after there was a report that came out that said that that they could part ways with him after two straight injury-marred seasons. And when asked if the Giants would consider trading Barkley this offseason, their new general manager, Joe Schoen, had said that he is open to anything in regards to personnel moves. And basically, ending the Barkley-Daniel Jones era would represent a clean split from the disastrous Dave Gettleman era, though it does look like the Giants will see what Jones and Barkley have left before their contracts expire at the end of this season. However... uh, SNY's, SNY's Ralph Vacchiano, he did say last month that he does not expect the team to re-sign Barkley. So I want to get your thoughts on this, Lou. I mean, granted Barkley has, has had two straight injury-marred seasons, but when he is healthy, he is capable of producing at an elite
2: level. So That's is, true, it, but what he's know, done, he hasn't done really anything for the Giants, so I think it's time for him to move on, you know, because this, this lab, especially the gum, it really hasn't done much of anything. Daniel Jones has been nothing more than a disaster, you know, they're, they're going nowhere. I say you just trade him, or at least do something. I mean,
1: gr- granted, he didn't really do anything this season, but it kind it kind of makes me wonder, though. I mean, he only had a total of, two, of four touchdowns, two passing, two rushing. And it, it kind of makes me wonder if that has more to do with Joe Judge than it does Saquon Barkley.
2: Uh-huh. Well, Judge does not think really much of a, of a coach to begin with. So, I think – I mean, because the coach, you know, is personally responsible. You know, a lot of people think, no, it's, it's the player's fault. no. Sometimes you don't know how to coach, and you know for the last few seasons, you know the Giants have uh, done nothing.
0: Yeah.
2: One coach. So, you know, yeah, there's a lot to blame, and it's always like, you know, you know what always irks me is like, everybody, oh, it's the players' fault, was the coach's fault? No, it's everybody's fault. Everybody needs to share the responsibility just kind of just how thick the You know, a coach is only as good as players. Yeah. yeah. I mean I mean Lou, let me let everybody's uh, me uh, Everybody's like, oh, ball into... Everybody's ball. Come on.
1: Let me put let me put this into perspective, Lou. Uh, this season he played in 13 games. In
0: 2019,
1: in 2019 he also played in 13 games. In 2019 before Joe Judge came in, In 2019, he had 1,003 rushing yards on 217 attempts. He also had six touchdowns that year rushing. Six touchdowns rushing, two touchdowns receiving. This year, on 162 attempts, he had only 593 yards for two touchdowns rushing. To me... I almost wonder if this has more to do with the team that Joe Judge was running rather than injury issues.
2: Yeah, I think
1: it's a free search to be honest with you. But running. How can you go from 217 yeah. rush attempts two years ago to 162 this year? Ugh in the sa- in the same amount of games.
2: That uh, was really well with that picture, isn't there?
1: To me, it it screams it screams that Joe Judge did not value Barkley as much no. as their as much as their last coach, which I believe was Macadoo, I think. Mackadoo, yes. So He didn't value Barkley as much as McAdee Uh. did, and Judge basically decided to distribute the ball around a bit more. And I think that may have something to do with Barkley's low numbers this year as opposed to injury problems. I mean, obviously last year he only appeared in two games before he suffered that torn ACL, which, I mean, obviously nothing you can do about that. But no. this year it just seems like it was more of a usage issue as opposed to – per- I mean, yeah, he did only run for 3.7 yards this year compared to 4.6 two years ago. Uh-huh. But, you know, it, it, to me, it just seems like it's more of a coaching issue. So I would not be surprised at all if we see Barkley have a bounce-back year this year under a new head coach. you really
0: think
1: so, huh? I wouldn't be surprised.
0: Okay.
1: Now, well, don't – now Daniel Jones on the other hand, Daniel Jones' no. problem is the fact that he can't he can't limit his turnovers. No. That's Jones' problem. That's you know, that has nothing to do with coaching. That has more to do with the fact that Jones just he has no discipline whatsoever. So if anything You know, I would say that we're more likely to see a bounce back year from Barkley than we are to see one from Jones.
2: You won't get a bounce back year from Jones no matter what. No.
1: No. I would rather, or here's another one. I would rather give a contract extension to Barkley before I would give one to Jones.
0: Yeah.
1: Because Barkley... While Barkley, okay, maybe he won't be able to be a starter if he doesn't have the bounce-back year that everybody's looking for, but he could still be that second running back. You know, he's proven good enough to actually be one of the top two running backs on any team. Uh. Also uh, from before, uh he is reporting that the Washington Commanders have reportedly made a strong offer for Russell Wilson. However, the offer reportedly did not go. The offer reportedly didn't go anywhere. However, it shows that they are serious about upgrading from Taylor Heineke at quarterback this offseason. Uh, Rappaport has said that the team has essentially called everywhere uh, about finding a quarterback. And it comes as no surprise that the Seahawks, who have made it clear they won't part ways with Wilson, ended up declining Washington's offer. And... I'm right here,
2: Steve. Huh? So, oh. what was that? I'm sorry. You know, as you can tell, I'm not at home.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. I, I can tell. I can tell you're at a you're at a casino, I think, or something.
2: Um,
1: yeah, from all the
0: uh,
1: well, yeah, from all uh, from all the sounds in the background. Right. Uh, but it, it sounds like, you know, obviously Washington is in is in the market for a, a, an upgrade at quarterback. And don't be surprised if they end up popping up in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes as well, once that kicks back up. Right. Uh, Also being reported by Mike Garofalo of NFL Networks, the Bills have reportedly granted permission to Cole Beasley to seek out a trade. Uh, As... Buffalo's general manager, Brandon Bean, did say that the Bills would welcome Beasley back if he doesn't find a trade partner in the market for the 33-year-old uh, slot receiver. Um, this year, he was largely phased out as a main piece of the Bills' passing attack, generating headlines throughout the year for his opposition to COVID-19, uh, to the COVID-19 vaccine, as well as masking requirements. Uh and with the presence of Stefan Diggs, the ascendance of Gabriel Davis and a larger role for Do- for Dawson Knox, that basically means that Beasley won't have as big of a role if he returns next year to Buffalo. So it sounds like uh Cole Beasley's days are numbered oh. in a Bills uniform. Oh. Now, I know this one, Lou, you're going to have quite, uh, quite a thing to say here, as the Cowboys are likely to release Amari Cooper,
0: according Cooper, to Adam yes.
1: Schefter. And well, a he, does, he does have a $20 million t- salary that gets guaranteed, that becomes guaranteed if he's on the roster on March 20th. So he will likely be released before then. And he hasn't gained any support whatsoever from either Jerry Jones or his son, Stephen Jones. No, I don't uh, think so. So it looks like that CeeDee Lamb may now be the number one receiver for the Cowboys with Michael Gallup. Uh, it sounds like the Cowboys are close to re-signing Michael Gallup, so he will be the number two receiver in the Cowboys uh, offense.
0: Uh,
2: and now that worries
1: With Cooper, and now with Cooper uh, being potentially released, that will free up about twenty-five percent of the targets for uh, for receivers in that Cowboys offense. I mean, what what are your thoughts, Lou, on Dallas deciding to nah, move man, on from Amari Cooper? That really does hurt a bit.
0: Now, that's a great
2: receiver. So uh, now we're going to be – now I don't know if anybody was replacing Cooper.
1: Well, oh, from cool. what it sounds – From what it sounds like, it it sounds like that, uh, you know, a lot of Cooper's targets would go to C.D. Lamb.
2: Yeah, but he's no Cooper.
1: No. But at the same time, you know, people are hoping that maybe perhaps we may see a breakthrough year for C.D. Lamb this year compared to – I mean, you take a look at Cooper – you know he had eight touchdowns this year which was actually it tied him it tied his career high that he set his fir- his uh his first full year with Dallas um you know he's had 21 wait no 27 touchdowns
0: since becoming
1: a Dallas Cowboy uh you know this is going to be a pretty significant loss for the Cowboys offense I mean, yeah, Amari know. Cooper. Um, Amari Cooper anywhere else could potentially be a number one wide receiver. So, to me, this just this kind of seems like uh, Jerry Jones is basically moving the team, that moving the team's offense over to a Ceedee Lamb centric offense.
0: Yeah.
1: So I wouldn't be, sh- you know, I wouldn't be shocked at all once he gets no, the no. open market. I mean, I know the Patriots are looking for a number one wide receiver. I wouldn't be shocked at all if Amari Cooper gets potentially targeted by,
2: uh,
1: by the Patriots.
2: Yeah, that was my that that's I'm afraid of
1: you know speaking of the patriots uh it's been reported that jc jackson their number 1 cornerback reportedly will not be given the franchise tag and he will officially right. be right. declared a free agent after he has been he is said to have been displeased with the total lack of interest from the team uh in retaining him for 2022 and beyond uh he did say that he would be open to playing for the $17 million franchise tag, but Ian Rapoport has said that New England is more likely to let him walk this spring.
0: Yeah.
1: And according to Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal, he agrees with this, saying that it's completely over with Jackson, um, although his time with the Patriots certainly appears to be finished and, you know, under Belichick, the the Patriots have been famously reluctant to break the bank for free agent corners. Uh, And with him being ranked as the seventh best cornerback in the league this year, I mean, he could very easily find, he could very easily find the target or the, uh, the contract that he's targeting. So I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that, Lou? I mean, is this a mistake by the Patriots in not willing to not willing to give JC Jackson the money that he wants, especially with the numbers he's put up?
2: I would think so. Yes.
1: I mean, first, you know, they let.
2: You, um, that kind of money?
1: For, you know, first they let Stephon Gilmore go this year for just a six-round pick. Ah, well. And we saw how much of a mistake that was. And now you have J.C. Jackson, who has had 25 picks in his Patriots career he came on to he he originally made the team as an undrafted free agent and you know he had 8 picks this year he had 9 picks last year this just it, it just it just screams that this is that this is likely a huge mistake that the patriots are making Considering he's yeah. probably one of their top he's probably one of their top defensive players that they have.
2: Well, when you lose that, you know, you gotta something else to go about Yeah, that's all you need to do. Yeah. yeah. Right.
1: it's you know, it it just doesn't eventually at some point you're going to the patriots obviously oh, are famous oh, for doing this i mean oh. i mean hell they refused they refused to pay tom brady the money that he wanted and what ah, happened tom then the what happened then yeah. he he yeah. Uh, he ended up going out That's
2: why you get you my way to highway traffic
1: yeah uh by the way Lou, uh just to let you know, April 2nd is we, we will not have a show cuz that will be the uh the New England Revolution game that I will be going to. So April 2nd I was
2: wondering about that.
1: Yeah, cuz they uh
2: they're uh, going oh, to they're we got facing reversal, right. Yeah, April
1: 2nd they're facing the Red Bulls that day. So um, I'm going to be, so I will be going to Gillette stadium that day. Um, so April 2nd, we no, will have you sure you're show. reading it
2: right this time, Steve.
1: Yes, I am. Okay. <laughs> I am sure. Cause they have okay. New England listed first, but they have New England listed first on this one. And, uh, okay. And I know a few people that are going to be going that I'm going to be going to the game with. So, uh, yeah. As a matter of fact, my friend asked me asked me this week if I wanted to go. So, um, yeah. For uh, sports for sports whispers weekly listeners, April second there will not be a show. But. Uh, let's see. Oh, how about this one? Uh, ESPN apparently wants to pair either Joe Buck or Al Michaels with Troy Aikman for Monday Night That's right. Troy Aikman is leaving Fox yeah. for Monday Night Football. And ESPN is going after either Joe Buck or Al Michaels to pair up with him. Oh, so God. imagine Fox... Imagine Fox losing their number one football duo to ESPN.
2: Yeah. I mean, Fox or people
1: want even to not. Yeah, or 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 even i heard uh, you know, they may they may try to get the rights to Al Michaels' contract through through some sort of uh, some sort of trade of sorts.
0: Yes. Yeah. I don't know how
1: they would do that, but it's been it's been discussed at least. Uh, another option I heard. has been another option has been Fox replacing. Uh, it's, it sounds like Fox is going after Sean Payton to replace Troy Aikman. Yeah. So uh, it's it's, it's going to be interesting to see who they can get to pair with Aikman because it looks like Aikman will not be the play-by-play guy. He'll be the he'll probably be the co- the uh, the color guy uh for the broadcast right. on Monday Night Football. Uh. Adam Schefter is reporting that Jimmy Garoppolo will reportedly undergo shoulder surgery, but he is still likely to be traded this upcoming month. Um, says here he's expected to resume throwing before July 4th, and there is significant interest in Garoppolo from multiple teams. Uh, does say here that Uh, He previously went under the knife to treat the thumb injury that he suffered late in the season. And it sounds like that the Niners may be able to put some draft capital back in their pocket after they mortgaged the future for Trey Lance last year, which honestly – that mortgaging the future for Lance, I probably would have mortgaged the future for Mac Jones before I would have Lance, because Lance Lance didn't really look like he was capable of starting an NFL game anytime soon. And actually, i I would almost I would almost say that the Niners may actually be worse with a potential move of Garoppolo.
2: Yeah. I would think so.
1: So, I mean, I, I, I would be, I would be stunned if the Niners decide to move, uh, decide to move on from him. I still think that Lance needs more seasoning uh, as a backup before he can even think about taking the starting role and by the way uh, speaking of Daniel Jones the the Giants it sounds like they will not pick up his uh, fifth year option what a shock because they have until May to decide whether to exercise his option which would fully guarantee 21.3 million in 2023 uh, sounds like it is it is not going to be that way, and that they will decline the option. From what it sounds like, um, and also that would rule out that would also rule out a franchise tag next year because the 2023 franchise tag for quarterbacks is projected to be over 30 million dollars. So regardless, it's going to be it's going to be somewhat of a mess for uh, for NFL uh, you know NFL fan or uh, for NFL teams when it comes to looking for quarterbacks. Yes, but um, you know what? I do. Uh, unfortunately, we do have to end tonight's show a little bit early. Uh, there is something I do have to do. Um but at least we got at least we got two hours in this week. And okay, okay. and we didn't have to uh we didn't have We're problems smart. with Blog Talk Radio like last week. Right. But I, but anyways, uh we will be back next uh, next Saturday night. For another show um, thank you Lou for joining me tonight and uh,
0: thank
1: you. a reminder to everybody else uh, starting this Thursday night we will have the Survivor uh, 42 recap show where we will recap everything that it, that goes on this season in Survivor uh, But, yeah, with that being said, uh, that's going to do it for us uh, tonight. We're shortening it up tonight. Uh, Everybody have a good rest of your weekend, and we will see you guys next Saturday night.